All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. Pastor Joe will probably be with us this May, and uh, I'm sure he'll have good stories to tell us, and uh, I've promised we'll treat him to better meals than goat brains cooked against a building. Amen. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 12. We're in our year of living by faith. And I want to talk to you this morning about faith for the long haul, or faith that goes the distance. How many of you know some people that have just served God faithfully through their entire life? I mean, you were to think about them right now when I say that. You just, you remember them, and you're watching them now. They're still alive, and they're serving God faithfully. Just remarkable people. Well, we're going to dive in and look at the life of Abraham. We've really been using Hebrews 11 through this, and I want to jump back in. Hebrews 11.8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man... And him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Now I want us to look at verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac... Your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. I love that. Listen, how many of you know that when you're living by faith, you get to experience amazing things? It is one thing to start out in faith, and it is quite an amazing thing to live out your entire life by faith. And this is what I mean by faith for the long haul, that we are going the distance throughout our life with God from beginning to the day that we end and we walk into heaven. Living for God and trusting God for a lifetime, listen, is the goal of every single Christian. How many of you are planning on going all the way this morning? If you are, say a good amen. Amen. Walking by faith, and not by sight through the long haul will allow us one day to stand before God himself and hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I can't wait to walk into glory and hear those words. I can't wait to stand there when you walk into heaven and to watch the look on your face as God says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. When I was growing up, I've watched people all my life that I have known serve the Lord. There's a family in the church that I grew up in called the Wingards, and Jan and Jana are some of the most godly people you've ever met. I've watched them as our kids 
uh, we, we were kids. We were raised together. They're kids and, and my family. We were raised together in children's church and youth group. And Jen and Jonna served on the church board. They served as uh, deacons in the church. They served as ushers and greeters. She served in women's ministry. As a matter of fact, they were such a vital part of the church, and they would be there all the time that when Brittany was growing up and we were on staff interning at our home church, part of my job was to be there until everybody had left and we could shut the lights off and, and lock the doors. Well, Jan and Jonna and their family were the last people in the church, and finally we would get Brittany to stand on the platform and yell back, Go home, wind guards! We want to go to lunch! It was wonderful. They were beautiful people. This last October, we were, when I was back preaching in Pittsburgh, I was watching as this lovely couple now, they're much older, Jan is still very fit. He's a wonderful, loving husband. And Jana is now very weak with Alzheimer's and with dementia. And she's bent over. This once strong, vital woman is now very much in a wheelchair. And I'm watching as Jan loves her. Brings her to church. Dotes on her. Just make sure that she's situated. Listen, the way that they're serving God and serving one another after all these years is absolutely precious to see. Faith for the long haul. See, part of doing church life together is also watching those that have started out in the faith continuing to walk out their faith until the end. For someone that watched this precious couple as I was growing up and now even as a man with a family of my own and grandchildren, I'm still learning from them. That's what I want to be like. Faith for the long haul. Listen, if there was ever someone who is an example of a life lived by faith, it's Abraham. As a matter of fact, the Bible and many Christians call him the father of faith. And Abraham's entire life is held up by Scripture of what it looks like to have a faith that receives the promises of God and a life that pleases God. Genesis chapter 12 through 25 recounts the life and the exploits of Abraham. And because this one man dared to believe God, entire nations were created by the very redemption and salvation of God so that mankind could be saved. And while there are many things that we can learn from his life, and while there are many lessons we can glean from his stories, what I want us to look at this morning is what faith for the long haul looks like. What a lifetime of trusting God, believing God, and obeying God looks like so that our faith can go the distance. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this first one down. And I don't want us to miss it as a church. You see, the first step of a life of faith that goes the long haul is the step of obedience. Genesis 12, 1 through 4 says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Abram, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. 
I don't want you to miss this. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. I like that it says, and Lot went with him. How many of you know your life of faith will take a lot of people with you? There are a lot of people God has arranged for you to take on your journey. A life of faith is really a life of obedience to God and to his word. Abram became Abraham, or the father of many nations, because he did what God commanded him to do. And his adventure of faith, listen, literally started with the first step of obedience. If you and I want to be a blessing, and if you and I want to walk in the blessing and favor and promises of God, then we must be willing to do what God instructs us to do. I love that we understand as a church that God gives us his general word to obey, his general commands that are found in his written word. How many of you think you understand the written word pretty well? That might be three of you this morning. Turn to someone and tell you it's time to wake up just a little bit this morning. Go ahead, wake up just a little bit. I know some of you have had a long week and it's a weekend. How many of you believe Jesus is here? Listen, but the Bible gives us each his specific will and general will for everybody. But God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for my life, and he will instruct us in the way that we should go. I can tell you that throughout my lifetime, God has spoken several times for Don and I to step out in faith and to trust his leading to trust his directing. And when we have obeyed, listen, he has always made a way. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. You see, a life of faith is a life of trust in God. Hebrews eleven eight 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out, now watch this, not knowing where he was going. To the world, a life of faith is scary. As a matter of fact, to the world, a life of faith looks irresponsible. But when we live by faith, our life will look a lot like Abraham's. Remember, Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he did know what he was doing. He didn't know exactly where God was taking him, but he trusted that God was leading him. The Bible tells us that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But I want you to notice that it doesn't say, your word is a bright spotlight that allows me to see three miles down the road. It says that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That means that God will show you the next step and then the next step. There's just enough light to take the next step in front of you. And that light is all that you need to keep moving towards your destiny. Somehow we think it's irresponsible and we want to know the entirety of the path. But the Bible says Abraham went out not even knowing where he was going. 
He just knew that God wanted him to move. How many of you know when God tells you to move, you just follow the next step and then the next step? You may not know what's at the end of the road, but if you and I are faithful and we keep walking in the direction that God has given us, he will guide us into his purpose for our life and he'll lead us into the destiny that he has planned for us. Remember, God said, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. How many of you believe that God knows the plans he has for you? Listen, they may be a secret to you, but they're not a secret to him. And out of the two of us, it's important that he knows what's going on more than we do. Abraham knew that he was obeying God. And he knew that God would show him the way. Many believers who live by faith are often accused of not knowing what they're doing. But that's simply not true. They know that they are being obedient. Often when Don and I first started out in ministry, people would look at us and go, do you know what you're doing? I said, no, I've never done it before. (laughs) So I don't know what I'm doing. But I do know who I'm following. And that's good enough for me. We have become so focused on our understanding that we've begun to lean on that instead of leaning on God's understanding. You see... We may not know where we're going, but we know that we're being led and we trust God to do the leading and that he's going to get us where we need to go. Now, I want you to notice this, that God asked Moses to step out at 75 years of age. Can you imagine? 75 years old. The Bible tells us that Moses lived to be 175 years old. Moses had already lived a long life. He was settled in. He didn't know he still had another hundred years in front of him. But I want to remind you that no matter how old or how young you are as a Christian, be ready to obey God. And listen, if you will obey him, you can step out and God will still have amazing things for you. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Faith that is in it for the long haul takes God at his word and believes him. Is there anyone in this room who believes God? Genesis 15, 4 through 7 says, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. The New Living Translation says, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of Faith. Faith believes God. Abraham's trust in God put him in right standing with God. And the Bible says that it was accounted to him or counted. Listen, that word counted is a financial term. It means to credit someone's account. 
And to be righteous is to be in right standing with God and that you've built up bank with Jesus. How many of you have put some money in the bank with Jesus? I'm not talking about your financial money. I'm talking the fact that God knows he can count on you and you want to please him and you're going to obey him. For Abraham, though, it became much more than that. James 2.23 says, and the scripture is fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. It doesn't say (coughs) that Abraham became an acquaintance of God, that he was called a friend of God. Listen, a life of faith happens as we become friends of God. Friends know each other, talk to one another, and they do life together. Listen, it's evident that Abraham and God were friends when you realize how many times the Bible records the words, and God said to Abraham. Abraham knew the word and the voice of the Lord long before he was 75 years old. When I tell certain believers or certain people in the world that I hear from God, they go, really, you believe you hear from God? See, to me, how many of you are a friend of God? Talking to God's a daily thing. Listen, for those of you who don't understand that, I want you to understand you can be a friend of God. You talk to each other. You know one another. You have conversations together. For some people, this is a very strange thing. Only because they know about God, they don't know God. Abraham was a friend of God. I decided a long time ago I'd like to be God's friend. I don't want to just obey him. I want to know him. And I want to, thank you. I appreciate that. You're a good friend who noticed that I had cotton mouth. Thank you very much. That was Mona. Give credit to Mona. Hallelujah. And Warren obeyed Mona. All right. I'm good. Thank you. Listen, I love when I hear Christians say, God spoke to me. Jesus tells us that he desires to be our friend. But that friendship comes from knowing, believing, and obeying what he says. John 15, 13 through 15 says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You see, righteous is what we are, but it's also what we do. Jesus laid down his life for us, and we are called to lay down our life for him. Listen, faith that pleases God for the long haul is one that trusts God, believes God, and trusts him for a lifetime. Remember, Abraham was not a fair-weather friend. He was a constant friend, the kind of friend that Jesus promises to be. One who lays down his life is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now mark this down. Faith that is in it for the long haul will have to chase away things that want to steal what God is doing. 
If you're going to walk with God, if you're going to do what God has called you to do, I promise you, you're going to face some resistance to what God is doing in your life. There's a verse that's in the middle of this story that is easy to miss. And I don't know that I've ever heard anyone preach on it before. And I don't want to belabor the point, but there will always be things that try to steal what God is doing in your life. In Genesis 15, 7 through 11, it says, Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Sometimes I read these things and I just laugh. How many of you know it's an interesting mix that God wants? Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. For those of you who don't understand, this kind of sacrifice would be laid out, each piece, and then you would walk through the middle and it was a sign of covenant. But I want you to see this last verse. And it says this, And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Abraham was in the middle of doing what God asked him to do, and then the vultures came upon the sacrifice. Verse 11 says, Then the vultures came, and Abraham drove them away. Listen to me. Walking by faith means that you will deal with Satan, with people, and with situations that try to steal what you are doing for God and with God. And listen, vultures are not just annoying. They are mean. They are nasty. And they are opportunists. How many of you have ever dealt with vultures? When we lived in Okeechobee, we had those turkey vultures that would just circle the property. They would be there all the time. And there were a couple times we would watch them come and land. Listen, my wife is not a fan of birds. Yesterday, there was a cardinal on our back porch, and she sent me a text, and she said, I need you to come home and get the cardinal off the back porch. I said, send the dog out. We call that a snack. Amen. But listen, can you imagine having these big turkey vultures about the size of me with a wingspan? My wife was not happy. But I want to tell you they're mean. I would go out after them, and I'm not afraid of most things. I'd try to scurry them away, and they would actually come at me. My thought was, bring it on. <laughs> Listen, I learned that you just had to shoo them away. Get them away from the other animals, get them away from the children. We would take stones, we'd take sticks, and we'd chase them away. And they would go, listen, when you are dealing with the enemy, you're going to have to deal with some warfare. You're going to have to deal with the fact that the enemy wants to come and steal what God has for you and what you have promised for God. You are going to have to stand there in the midst of the promise and defend what you have decided to take a stand for, and it's okay. Walking by faith means that sometimes you have to drive away the things that are trying to steal what you and God are doing together. And here's what it says after that. After Abraham drove away the vultures, he went to sleep. He didn't stay out there waiting for them to come back. He just drove them away. Now I want you to mark this down. A life of faith is willing to do what God says while we wait for the fulfillment 
of his promise. I want you to get this again. Catch this. A life of faith is willing to do what God says while we wait for the fulfillment of the promise. Hebrews 11, 9, and 10 says, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promises. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Listen, Abraham went to where God told him to go, and then he began to live where God placed him. He dwelt in the land of promise before he even received the promise. Remember, God gave Abraham the promise when he was 75, but Isaac was not born until he was 100 years old. That means 25 years he waited, and he dwelt where God told him to live until the promise actually came about. Noah did that for 100 years. I want to get this. Faith is willing to wait. And it's not easy. But those who walk by faith will often wait on the Lord and wait on his timing. I want to tell you that being led by God does not mean that we are always moving. Let me say that again. Being led by God does not mean that we are always moving. Sometimes we're just dwelling in the land as we dwell on the promise, we go about living life every day until the promise changes the way we live. Abraham lived right where he was until he became a father. Then life changed into fatherhood. But he was still in the promise. He stayed right where he was supposed to be until the promise changed the way he was going to live. We always think that great change means that we're moving on. Sometimes God has you right where you are and God changes your circumstances right in the middle of the promise. You don't always have to look to be moving somewhere else and going somewhere else. Where's the next new adventure? Sometimes the new adventure is right where you are. Come on, someone say a good amen. Sometimes faith simply looks like being where God wants you to be and just building your life there. Abraham built his life and he built his wealth while waiting on the promise. And the entire time Abraham was waiting on God, he tended to his flocks, he tended to his business, so much so the Bible says that he became very wealthy to the point where he could raise up an army. Faith keeps living and trusting even in the waiting. Some of you need to hear this. God's given you a promise and you're just doing everyday life and you're going, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Well, if God hasn't told you to go anywhere, just live life right where you are by faith in him. Now mark this down. One of the things that we realize by watching the life of Abraham is that a life of faith is not a life of perfect faith. You see, there were times that Abraham and Sarah dealt with fear and dealt with impatience. On one occasion, Abraham told people that Sarah was his sister. As a matter of fact, she was his half-sister, but how many of you know we will save that for another time? (laughs) 
The Bible says that Sarah was so beautiful that Abraham was afraid that people would kill him to take her. And this great man of faith lied to save his own life and put his wife in a very difficult situation. Can you imagine saying, as you are traveling through a land and you're dwelling there and saying, hey, this is my sister. And the king of that land goes, right on, I like your sister. And he takes her in to be his wife. Can you imagine being Sarah? A man of faith, but not a man of perfect faith. God had to reveal to the king that Sarah was already Abram's wife. Sometimes those who walk by faith face fear. And we quickly learn that our fear can cause problems. It caused problems for Sarah. It caused problems for the king. It caused problems for the people that served under the king. But we find out later that Abraham learned from this. We're also familiar with the story of Abraham and Hagar. They grew impatient with receiving the promise. So Sarah looked at Abram and said, listen, I'm, I'm old, you're old, there's not much time left. We're in the middle of this 25-year thing. They didn't know it was going to be 25 years. Take my servant girl as your wife. And Abraham said, all right. Listen, I don't know if you understand. Some things just have not changed in history. The Bible says Abraham went into Hagar and they conceived Ishmael. And there's a great deal that we can learn from this story, but the point of it is this. Even people who live by faith have moments when they try to do things in their own strength and then hope that God will bless it. Abraham then had a moment with God where he asked God to let the promise come through Ishmael. And God said no. In Genesis 17, 15 through 19, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, now, I want you to get this. He's having a conversation with God. Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No. Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. I want you to catch this. This man of faith, this friend of God, was so familiar with God that as God was telling him what he wanted to do, he laughed. He fell on his face and laughed. I want you, he belly laughed at God. 
Most of us would think that's disrespectful. He was a friend of God. How many of you laughed with your friends? Have your friends ever told you something that you laughed at? (laughs) I have. You ever told your wife or husband something and they laughed at you? Some of you went on a weekly basis. Hallelujah. Listen, those who live by faith, I want you to watch this. Find out that God will do things his way and not our way. Now, God did bless Ishmael, and he blessed his descendants, but not with the same promise that he gave to Abraham and Sarah through Isaac. You see, those who walk by faith do not always have perfect faith. And God will still work with them and still call them a friend. Remember that Abraham and Sarah still had to wait 13 years for the promise after Ishmael was born. Listen, Isaac didn't show up until Ishmael was 13 years old. I want you to catch this. If you miss as a man or woman of faith and you find yourself trying to do things on your own strength, I promise you God will set you straight. Touch someone next to you and say, it'll be all right. He'll set you straight. Go ahead. He'll set you straight. So many times we think God is looking for perfect faith. You, I want to encourage you at 75 years of age, even at 100 years of age, Abraham still didn't have perfect faith. He was growing in faith. Anyone in here still growing in your faith? Learning to trust God Learning not to take things into your own hands. Learning not... Now listen, understand, there were consequences. We are still facing the consequences of Ishmael today. The world, Israel is still dealing with Ishmael's all over the Middle East. There's consequences. How many of you want to learn from other people's mistakes instead of making them yourself? Someone say a good amen. Amen. Now, I want you to grasp this. A person who lives by faith for the long haul will have a life filled with laughter. A lot of time we just get this idea that living a life of faith is always about being serious. Can I tell you that serving God is filled with joy? There are times the things that God promises you will be so absurd that you will laugh in awe and wonder. You will be amazed at the promise and you will wonder how it's going to happen. The Bible tells us that both Sarah and Abraham laughed. The Bible we just read said, Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child. Listen, God loves to do the impossible in a way that will just bring you laughter. It will be so absurd. In Genesis 18, 10 through 15, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, Shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely I will bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for God? 
At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Let's put it in modern English. Take it out of the King James. No, you did not laugh. Yeah, you did. Listen, you laughed. This is the promises of God will many times challenge what you believe about God. And those who walk by faith will have to decide if they are believing or if they believe if anything is too hard for God. I want to remind you that with God, nothing is impossible. With man, there are many things that are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And a life of faith is a great adventure filled with unbelievable things. God told Abraham what he needed to name his son. He said, I want you to name your son Isaac. Do you know what the word Isaac means? Laughter. How many of you know God always gets the last laugh? Listen, a life of faith will be filled with things that will make you laugh at the absurdity of God's promise. (coughs) But in the end, it will turn to rejoicing. I want to remind you today that we serve a miracle-working God. Genesis 21, 1 through 3 says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, who Sarah bore to him, laughter. Can you see a 100-year-old man holding that baby? Listen, any first-time father just laughs with joy, smiles when they hold their son. Can you imagine a 100-year-old man holding a baby in his hands? <laughs> he said it would happen. You're my promise. Can I tell you, when God does in you and you conceive, you birth what God has promised you. It'll make you smile. I want to remind you, Christian, that serving God is a life of joy. I want to remind you that in all the seriousness, all the challenges, all the conversations you'll have with God, all the emotions that go on, all the things that you experience, the disappointments, the highs and the lows, when you step out to serve God, I promise you it is worth it. I promise you that he has got more for you than you ever or even dreamed for your own life. You will enjoy it in more ways than you ever dreamed possible. Turn to someone right now and remind them God wants you to enjoy it. Go ahead. Now I'm going to end with this last thought this morning. Faith for the long haul is faithful when it is tested. Now, I want to let you in on a little something. When I was writing this, I put down faith for the long haul is unfazed when it's attested. But I want to tell you, I've been phased a few times. You ever been phased? (laughs) And I scratched that out and I said, it's faithful when tested. Because sometimes it phases you. God ever asked you to do something you didn't want to do? God, listen, God ever ask you to do something that absolutely struck you in a way that you're like, I'm not sure I want to do that. Very familiar portion of Scripture. Genesis 22, 1 through 3. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. 
Christian, I want to remind you right there that you and I will be tested in our walk with God. And he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, you see the conversation? He said, then he said, conversation. Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, laughter, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and settled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Hebrews eleven seventeen and 19 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. You see, of all the stories about Abraham's faith, this is the most well-known. God tested both Abraham's faith, and watch this, his friendship. And those who are in it for the long haul understand that obedience is more important than the promise. I want to say it again. Those who are in it for the long haul understand that obedience is more important than the promise. Listen, Abraham lived in the promise, but he was living for God. And those who walk by faith understand the distinction. For far too many people, the promise becomes more important than the friendship. And if that's true, then you will never go the distance. Abraham understood that to obey is better than the sacrifice. Lord, whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. I'm your friend, and I trust you. I believe in these last days it's going to be important that we understand that by walking by obedience, God has given us many great and precious promises. But if we're going to live for the Lord, especially in these last days, the friendship with him, must mean more than what he's promised or given to us. You see, what you're going to see in the last days is the separating of the wheat from the chaff. Those who serve God because of what he does for them and those who serve God because they love him. And he's a friend. Abraham understood that the friendship was more important than anything else. And that faith that's in it for the long haul holds nothing back from God. Genesis 22, 10 through 13 says, And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham! And Abraham said, Here I am, Lord. Conversation again. Don't lay your hand on the lad. Don't do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. 
And then Abram lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And so Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. God tested the quality of Abraham's faith and the quality of his friendship. Christian, I want to remind you that those who live by faith will be tested as well. I can tell you times in my life that God has said and taken me like Abraham right to the brink. Remember, the knife was here for Abraham, ready to plunge it into Isaac. Abraham! Stop. Now I know. Some things God asks you to do, he'll never want you to follow through on it. Some things he just wants to know that you're willing to do it. A life of faith. I can tell you times where God has taken Don and I right to the brink of those things. I know what it feels like to be Abraham where you're ready to sacrifice everything and then God says, no, no. I knew you'd be faithful. But the quality of faith, Christian, I want you to look at me. There are so many of you that are going to go through this. Some of you have been through this already. Some of us that will go through it more than once. That the friendship means more than the promise. You see, Abraham believed that even if God had told him to sacrifice Isaac right there, remember, Isaac was the promise. He had already, listen, he was already dead. He was 100 years old. He and Sarah couldn't have kids. He already brought life out of death. And he believed that if God had asked him to do that to his son, that he'd raise him up again because the promise was coming through that. God ever given you a promise that he just wanted to know you'd be willing to lay it down? Would you lay it down? Would you lay it down? Faith that goes the distance. Will we still obey God in whatever he asks? Listen, can you imagine over a hundred years old, Abraham was still willing to do whatever God asked him to do. No matter how hard the ask or how senseless the task, he was still willing at the end of his life. Well, really for him, he still had 75 years to go. Will you still be willing to lay it down? Abraham believed that if, if that's what God wanted him to do, then God was still more than able to keep his promise and he'd do it again. I want to tell you, God can still do it again. Do you believe God can still do it again? I pray that as believers we'll never get to the place. Listen, sometimes we start out serving God in the beginning and we believe he'll do it. And then we get set in our ways. Then we kind of get to that place we aren't willing to step out into the adventure. We're not willing to risk. We're not willing to obey. We're not willing to, to do God whatever you tell me to do, I'll do it. But listen, if he did it before, he'll do it again. If you believe that, say a good amen. Listen, that is a lifetime of faith. Would you stand with me this morning? I hope you got something out of that today. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you would say, listen, I'm in it for the long haul. Would you just lift your hand? Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for your people. I thank you that you are faithful. Lord, many that are in this room are just like the wind guards that I 
grew up with. They've served God all their life. I recognize in them because I've seen it elsewhere. And I bless them in the name of Jesus. Lord, regardless of where we are on our journey with you, whether we're just starting out, whether we're young in life, or whether we've moved into the season of life where we know we're nearing glory. Our prayer is, Lord, we don't just want to stumble into heaven. God, we want to cross that finish line like Paul. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is stored up for me a crown of righteousness. Lord, I can't wait till we walk into heaven and we don't just greet you as God, we greet you as friend. And I pray that we would know that's possible. Faith for the long haul. If you could say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to I finish that race like that. I want that to be me. I want that to be my testimony. Can we just lift our hands if that's what we Lord, we give that to you right now this morning. We thank you that we are not just children of God, but friends of God. I thank you, Lord, that we've grown up in you and we've moved from being those that are under your discipline and molding to those that now walk with you and talk with you. I pray that God people in this room would know and those listening on the internet would know the joy of conversation with you every day. That they would know the joy of walking out the promises that you give them every day. I pray for peace and patience as they dwell in the land waiting till the promise changes the way they live. And we yield ourselves to you that way this morning. And we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Everyone say a good amen. Amen. Listen, the Lord bless you. I pray you'll have a wonderful afternoon. We will see you Wednesday, 7 o'clock. God bless you all.